Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, he's a repeat offender. He's been on the podcast three different times. Prior to this, he's a fourth time on the Big MX Radio podcast. He is number 40 in 2020. He goes by the name of Mitchell Oldenburg. Freckle, how's it going? It's going good. Just uh, enjoying some time here in Texas with the family and, uh, yeah, just relaxing a little bit. Family time, downtime, Texas time. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, your family was the uh, was formerly the owner of uh, actually a couple of different motocross tracks. One back in uh, in Minneapolis or Minnesota back in the day uh, called Staples, and also your family uh, owned and operated Oak Hill for a long period of time. The lineage that goes with uh, the the Oldenburgs and motocross runs deep, my friend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So my dad. Grew up racing and uh, actually won Loretta's um, in the super mini class. No big and, deal. Uh, yeah, Does so he ever hang just, that over uh, you or anything? Oh, all the time. Nice. All the time. I probably hear that story about five times a year. So yeah, I, I know it by heart by now. I love but it. Uh, yeah, so he uh, kind of he won Loretta's and then um, after that, kind of his dad, my grandpa actually kind of told him, like, hey, I'm done. Time to get a job. Um, Worked as a machinist for a little bit and didn't really like that, so he started his own motocross track up in uh, Staples, Minnesota. And then uh, we ran that. He, they ran that for, I don't know, probably 15 years, and then we moved down to Texas, and they ran O'Kill for another 10. And, uh, yeah, just been uh, loving every minute of it. Absolutely, man. Well, Staples was always a, a very humbling place for me, of course, Racing in Canada, racing in like the what we call the junior class, which was sort of equivalent to the B class in uh, in the U.S. I'd go down there, top five guy in Canada. You guys would serve me my lunch, uh, including you usually passing me on a sixty-five uh, when I was racing one twenty-fives uh, back in the day. But uh, um, enough about uh, me getting my uh, my ass handed to me uh, by racing in, in the states. Uh, Mitchell Oldenburg. A number of years you've been racing pro here in, uh, in the United States. Uh, another year in the books. Uh, this last year with uh, Star Racing Yamaha. Um, I, th- I, I would I would venture to think that the last two years a bit frustrating for you. Uh, some some injuries, some good good performances, some podium performances, um, and uh, like kind of a almost a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? Like uh, some so the highest of highs, the uh, maybe not the lowest of lows, but uh, so like some pretty tough moments here and there. Like, what do you take away from your uh, your 2019, my friend? Um, I think if we're putting everything into perspective, it was it was decent. Um, like you said, I had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. So, um, yeah, just kind of going from podiums to two weeks later getting hurt to having to climb back and get back on the podium. It's it's tough mentally and and physically. Um, I just kind of had my sights set on racing as many races as I possibly could this year. Um, made two really bonehead moves in Supercross that kind of took me out of two of those races and, and uh, the one in Vegas actually taking me out of the first three outdoors. So that was a real bummer just because it was such a dumb 
dumb injury I had a burn on my on my right butt cheek that was third degree too too gnarly to heal on its own so I had to do the whole surgery and skin graft on that and it was just a dumb injury to, to have to take time off on so um very frustrating you know I knew outdoors this year was going to be tough just because I haven't raced them in the last three years so um I knew coming in that it was going to be brutal and, and gnarly and I was going to struggle a lot so um had some moments where I was pretty happy with it and then some moments where it was like man I should probably hang the boots up so like I said a lot of a lot of ups and downs really roller coaster the last couple of years but um I'm pretty happy with the progress we made and um just looking forward to to kind of building off that and and coming out in supercross swinging I really I really feel like I can win win races and win win this championship in the supercross I just got to put all the pieces of the puzzle together and and I believe we'll be fighting right there with them. Absolutely. Year after year, like perennially one of the, the fastest guys out there on the track. You're capable of those, those, uh, those, that 1% that so many guys struggle throughout their, their career to be able to get that speed. You've got that speed. You've always had that speed and you continue to cultivate it year after year. Um, this last year, uh, you're, you welcome, uh, I believe it's a son, correct? Yep. Yep. My son Riker. Riker is brought into the world the very next weekend. Ralph Shaheen, I don't think, had anything else to talk about that particular evening uh, and mentioned it about 253,000 times. Uh, and uh, you ap- also happen to have uh, one of your, like, one of your better nights on the year. Uh, tell us a little bit of how that, how that kind of came together and, uh, um, like, bringing home, I believe it was a podium performance for uh, your newborn son. Yeah, almost. I, uh, almost. I blew it on the last. I blew it on the last lap. That was a. Uh, that was one of them roller coaster nights. Ah. But uh, no, it's a uh, pretty, pretty crazy actually. Um, so my wife had been staying home because she was um, like eight months pregnant, and uh, didn't really feel comfortable with her flying. So she was in home at home in California by herself, and kind of just bored out of her mind on the weekends and she she finally had talked me into letting her go to the race so i was like all right you can go to indy and uh this would be the last race before he gets here and no big deal as long as the doctor says it's good so she had a doctor's appointment thursday morning no sorry wednesday morning and doctor's like yep everything's great um he looks healthy heartbeat sounds good everything's great so the next morning we're supposed to fly out to indy and she uh, jumps out of bed and says, babe, we got to go to the hospital. And I, I, of course, freak out. I'm like, what? what's wrong? What's wrong? And I look around, and, and there's blood everywhere. So it's, it's a pretty scary Uh-oh. situation. So this is 1 o'clock in the morning. And so I, I throw everything I can into the car, and we pin it down the road. Luckily, the hospital is only like a mile away from my house. And I, I don't even know how fast I was driving. I was probably driving... 80 90 mile an hour down this little through town yeah <laughs> and uh that's okay emergency situation yeah so you're batman yeah, at this so point. It was very very scary and uh but yeah he he actually came a month early and uh i was like i said we were supposed to fly out that morning so i had to rebook my flight for friday um flew there friday my family flew out thursday when when we called them in that morning and then i flew to the indy on friday and um Pretty much had him had him Thursday mid morning and then left about 24 hours later and uh, had to go race. Um, 
day was going really well. Like I said, this is it's kind of another bonehead move of mine. Uh, thought I had a way bigger lead over fourth than I did and just kind of cruised in the last four, five laps. And my teammate, Justin Cooper, passes me on the last lap and really blew, blew almost the perfect weekend for me. So, um, but it was still, it was still amazing. I was pumped to go home and see the family and see, see my new son and, and spend time with them. That dirty but, little new New York devil. Yeah. I yeah, swear. I wasn't really pumped, but. No doubt. Like, did you, did you get back to the truck and just, like, tear a strip off? And like, excuse me, young one. Like. No, no, no. Yeah, I know no, he's going no, for no. a championship. I mean, it's, but. it's my fault. I mean, it, what he, I would have done the same thing if I was in his position. It's just, it was 100% my fault. Obviously, I was, I was upset, but I was upset at myself, not, not him by any means. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. Just one race, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And I, I think I was, you, you've jogged my memory now. I like Ralph was talking about the fact that like you're you're gonna get your like the uh, the like Riker's gonna have his his dad get a podium on, like in this first race, blah blah blah, blah. and then like then like he basically claimed it for you prior, and I, maybe like they gave you the broadcaster jinx, and and maybe like yeah, I wouldn't actually blame uh, Justin Cooper whatsoever. This one's on Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Might as well blame it on somebody, right? For sure, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I, I've I've always found that that is seems to be the easiest thing to do. Um, so uh, Vegas comes around, and uh, like it's 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 been said before, when something really ha- like kind of gets under your nerve, something kind of like burns your ass, you literally burnt your ass. And when I first saw like the the picture, or you like posted a uh, an image of of what it looked like, I was like, that's a serious ass burn. Like that's gonna. That's gonna plague him for a minimum two or three races into the series. Like, I like when when skin like regenerates or like I I, I you ended up having to get some uh, skin grafts and stuff like that. I didn't think it was gonna be that serious, but either way, like the uh, when when burned skin comes back, like it's tender, it's soft, it's new, it doesn't like to move around very much, and um, like like obviously. That's like the epitome of what motocross is. You guys are literally wrestling a 200-pound motorcycle around some of the gnarliest tracks in North America. And uh, I just didn't think those two things were going to mix. So as soon as I saw that, that burn uh, on, on your butt, I figured uh, the kid's going to miss some time. And it's going to be a tough time coming back to that, especially because you have very little time preparing the motorcycle as well as yourself to, uh, to race outdoors. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I didn't think it was that big of a deal because uh, I burned like all the nerves and stuff in there so bad that I I didn't really feel any of it. So, luckily, I was never really in any pain because um, basically I crashed in the whoops and I knocked myself out and the bike was on top of me. So when it was when I was getting burned, I was out cold and Sleeping. didn't really yeah didn't feel any of anything obviously. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if I wouldn't have knocked myself out, I would have been riding the Monday after after Vegas. But I had to take some time off from my head, and I was it's probably like Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm like, man, I should probably just go get a second opinion on this, make sure you know I'm getting everything taken care of. And I went down to San Diego and saw a burn specialist, and uh, thinking they were just gonna like kind of try and clean it up a little bit, and then send me on my way. And they said, no, yeah, you're not leaving. You're gonna we're gonna check you in. We gotta we got to get this handled before it, uh, before it basically gets infected. Cause this isn't going to heal. And it's, if you don't take care of it, it's going to get affected eventually. And then we got to possibly amputate your leg and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, all right, sounds good. 
<laughs> just what Sounds I wanted good, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they tried they tried cleaning it and getting all the white stuff off because it was burned so bad. And like, I mean, it wasn't, nothing was coming off. So they're like, yeah, we got to do surgery. And, uh, after skin graft, after a skin graft, you can't move, uh, that area for like three to five days because the skin's so fragile, you don't want it ripping apart. Uh, so had the surgery and then I had to lay in bed at the hospital for four days. Uh, so I spent eight days at the hospital there just kind of chilling because, I mean, there's nothing I could really do. I wasn't in any pain or anything. It was just a dumb injury that had it or that needed time to heal. And uh, yeah, it was it was rough. It was a rough couple couple weeks there. No kidding. Right. And, and on, on top of that, uh, your uh, beautiful wife at home with a newborn that's probably up uh, at all hours of the night, uh, not quite settled into any type of schedule. Uh, she probably had to uh, uh, take a lot on, on a lot of that on herself. In addition to uh, uh, kind of worrying about you a little bit, what was that scenario like for? Her? Yeah. So once we uh, kind of found out that I was going to be in the hospital for a couple of days i we actually flew my mom out to help out okay. um that that was really nice uh my mom and my wife would come down every day and kind of hang out with me and then head home and they really uh stuck it out with me so um yeah just uh like i said it's just a dumb dumb injury to, to have to take time off for and i mean really have no one to blame but myself because i made a dumb mistake but uh that's just part of it, and uh, I'm learning that. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, so you basically assessed the situation and realized that there was going to be two babies to have to be taken care of, one being yourself and one being your, your newborn son. So yeah. call in the, the big guns, and that that's mom, cause, like, and, and nobody takes care of grandchildren and their son better than mom. So uh, exactly. that, that's, yeah, that, that's just the, the scenario that needs to happen for that. So uh, glad to hear that. Uh, you, they basically, you guys were able to bring in uh, uh, special forces for that. And uh, so... Once you're able to uh, start moving around and, and the, the the skin is fresh, like I I don't imagine it's it's a five day recovery period, and after the fifth day, uh, go sit on the motorcycle, good to go. What was the recovery time and the recovery look look like um, when it comes to uh, like a skin graft like that? And uh, of course, uh, when when your team manager finds out that you're going to be you're out for some time, I'm sure uh, Yamaha was uh, pretty pretty blown away by uh, uh, the situation with your butt. Yeah, so um, when they do the skin graft, it kind of looks like netting, and yeah. basically you just have to have the netting kind of fill in, um, but you can't really do anything to upset the netting, so I couldn't really do anything but walk around and, and try not to sit on it too much for a good two weeks, um, and then basically I started um, running, and then kind of would just check on it and make sure we're not peeling apart and then I'd start cycling make sure it's not coming apart and then eventually get on the bike but um I did come back a little bit earlier than I probably should have um right after Paula National the team had told me that you know hey we're, we're gonna go a different direction and uh so that kind of kind of hit the panic button a little bit um because I was knew there wasn't many options left for for a ride for next year and like I said, I came back. I only had a week on the bike before I started racing outdoors again, and and basically I took four to five weeks off, and 
it was just kind of a, a mess and of a situation. I, like I said, I panicked, felt like I needed to be out there and racing to, to, um, kind of show, show, uh, basically the way I looked at it was if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. So totally. I just wanted Absolutely. to make sure I was in, in front of the people and, and showing, you know, them that I'm working hard and I'm giving everything I have. But, um, yeah, unfortunately I just, I just wasn't, wasn't good enough for outdoors either. It was a frustrating outdoor season for sure. But, uh, the tough part was like, I felt like my speed was really good as my fitness struggled. And that was, I mean, it stemmed from basically from, from the burn and taking that time off. Um, I worked really hard, um, before then to be ready for outdoors. And I think I had over 28 motos in before Hangtown, 28, 35 minute motos in before Hangtown and to just kind of have to take three steps back really, really was a, was a kick in the butt, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's rough, but if it was easy, I mean, everyone would do it, right? So, yeah, what's up? Colton Barney of Patched MX. This is him. Patched MX, the same place where I can get absolutely one of a kind, 100% custom butt patches in liquid fast turnaround time. What's going on, brother? Oh, not much, dude. Just uh, cranking out the weekly orders and uh, time to start thinking about some big events coming up. No doubt. On on the horizon is Monster Cup as well as, of course, uh, last year you did uh, a special butt patch for uh, AJ Catanzaro for the Red Bull Straight Rhythm. What is it you're working on this week, my friend? Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I don't know. I, I think I should just keep it a secret and let everyone find out. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> If people wanted to find out, would they have to go follow you over at Patched MX? Exactly. Yep. Just stay tuned on Patched MX and uh, keep everyone updated on uh, bike builds and stuff I'm going to be featured in. So, yeah, stay updated. Fair enough. Well, this is this little uh, two-minute conversation is going to be featured in my podcast with Factory Frank Mann. Uh, out of Georgia, and I think the two of uh, two of us need to maybe collab a little bit to get uh, some butt patches over to Frank, who uh, is a uh, an FXR uh, brand ambassador. Uh, maybe we could like uh, much like you're being very secretive as far as what you're working on. Maybe you and I need to team up on for a, a top secret uh, uh, effort to uh, to really um, put uh, put something serious on the on the back of a uh, Frank's pants. Sound good? Oh yeah, let's do it. Um, I think people are really stoked when they suddenly get a butt patch and they're like, "Wow, never thought of this." <laughs> no doubt. What's more factory than having butt patches? You know what I mean? Like factory Frank Man needs to have that exactly. because all the factory guys have butt patches. Yep, exactly. Go. Gotta look fast, be fast. So, like with with, with you, I, I can get a, I can get butt patches. I can get. Uh, Jersey lettering and stuff like that, multicolor, mind you, as well with the uh, the Jersey lettering. Um, and if I'm no good with the sewing machine, maybe I don't even own one. Could I send you my pants and you could install them for me? Oh, 100. percent I uh, actually install for free. I just ask that you cover shipping charges. So simple as that. Yeah, if I can if I can bear to be well my uh, motocross pants for uh, for a week. Uh, quickly uh, ship those things off to you, send them on back to me, and I got those things installed, secure, and not worried about uh, my my sketchy stitching uh, falling out and, and having uh, losing my butt patch while I'm riding out there. And uh, you as well as I know, I don't nearly ride enough, so I, I could probably uh, stand to get, uh, have one or two sets of uh, pants out of my possession for about a week's time. Um, 
if people are not already following you on social media, Colton, where do they find you? Um, on Instagram, it is at PatchedMX. And then you can find me on Facebook as well, PatchedMX. So. Oh, that's that easy, guys. Go ahead. Go find Colton. Uh, tell him how much you love his butt patches. Go get uh, something one of a kind for yourself. Colton, appreciate you always taking my call. Yep. Thank you for having me on uh, weekly. It's been a big help, so I appreciate it. There we go. And if anyone wants to save 15% on butt patches, they can go to patchedmx.com and enter discount code BIGMX15 upon checkout. Colton, we'll talk to you later. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors. We'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners. Let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you got to check them out. They're motocross, dedicated, and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. they got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It, it pops and crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's going to make your garage smell better. It's going to make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're going to love these candles, and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now. Enjoy them, and you're going to love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality, purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1, and the full array of market-leading products. Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima racing oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateers racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy, 
filming practice session sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The collective experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program, you can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, the collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there. Great friend of mine. And he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience. A proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you're entertained. Hopefully you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio Podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram. If you're not already following, I hope you do. It's bradgebhart88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs. And uh, thank you again for listening to these uh, really important commercials. Uh, We do our best to uh, plug our sponsors. And I hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra CBD as well as uh, Maxima Racing Oils and uh, Fly Racing is coming on soon and uh, really looking forward to that. So thanks again for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. Garrett, Dale, all all my good friends that are listening, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast and uh, thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show. Hey, absolutely. That's a good good outlook on it. uh, Absolutely. uh, uh, Definitely is. Um, what was the, the hardest part about coming back from that though? Like, uh, obviously you, you lose a, a touch of fitness and it's amazing how fast that's, uh, kind of goes away. Obviously you've got a base there, but, uh, just like a little bit rusty timings off a little bit, hands maybe soften up a little bit as well. You're not on the motorcycle. Uh, what was the, what was the most uh, difficult part about that? And I think, uh, when you did come back, uh, did you not come back for literally the three hottest nationals of the year? Yeah, I definitely did. Uh, yeah. Florida, Florida was brutal. That one, I kind of was kicking myself for not for for racing that one because I knew I wasn't in shape and I knew I wasn't ready yet. But, um, but like you said, you feel the yeah. pressure. Like you, I, I need to get out there. I need to show people I can ride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just felt like that was that was my best bet at at getting a job for next year. And, um, but I felt like I rode really well there until I got tired. Um, but yeah, I mean. As far as coming back from the injury, like it wasn't too gnarly, um, but was a little. The butt cheek was like a little tender, like the first day or two, um, but nothing, nothing too crazy. I think the biggest thing was just the fitness side of it, which I struggled with all year. I mean, once you start racing like that, it's hard to to gain fitness when you're only home for two days a week, and uh, you know with the travel and then um, you know Saturdays you're racing, so you only have two days to build, and you can't can't overdo it during the week to where you're tired on the weekend so it was just kind of a a balance that I didn't really find um I felt like you know if I wouldn't have had that injury we would have been in a really good spot and I would have been right there with my teammates um especially uh, Justin and Colt because I did all my motos with them leading up to Hangtown and 
and I was doing motos with them during the week after my injury is just, um, they were, you know, four or five weeks ahead of me at that point. So, um, kind of struggled. I feel I was doing their program when I probably should have been doing maybe a little bit more just because I was so far behind. But, right. uh, like I said, it's, it's just a balance that I never got figured out. I feel. And, uh, you know, live and learn. I think this, this off season is going to be good for me. Um, I just, uh, I know what I have to do and, and I'm really excited to, to get to work and, and really be as fit as I can be. Um, and just come out swinging. Like I said, my speed's always been good. Um, it's just kind of lacked some fitness. So that's basically the main goal right now is to get as fit as I possibly can. Well, there you go. And, and we've said in the past, uh, in, in motocross, there's always jobs for guys who have the speed, who can go the pace, they can get those, uh, top qualifying spots, they can run, uh, lead laps and, and, and run inside the top five, top three. And, uh, in 2000 and, uh, in 18, we definitely, we saw you, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we saw some career bests. Uh, 17, yeah. Seven, 17, we saw some career backs, uh, with, with the TLD team. Uh, and then, yeah, actually, well, that's why you're number 66 this year. Is, uh, you had a, uh, 18 was a, a bit of a, a struggle for you as well. Um, and then this last year, uh, obviously, uh, uh, Justin takes away uh, that podium performance, but like, I, I, I think that being said, like speed is still there. There's guys who uh, that you can take that resume and and go to some teams and uh, and find some success with it. Um, obviously, moving on from star racing, uh, what are your what are your uh, like who 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 are the types of teams that you're approaching for 2000 and uh, and 20? Uh, like I I would love to see you back at at Troy Lee. I don't know if that's an option. Uh, like uh, there are some seats available, but obviously. Uh, um, there's gotta be some budget there and, uh, some relationships to, uh, kindle up. Yeah. I'm just, uh, kind of just playing it by ear right now. I mean, I'm, I'm down to listen to anybody and anything, but it's also got to make sense for me and my family. So, um, right now, actually I'm going to Australia next week to race the 250 class over there, um, for the Australian Supercross series, um, for Penrite Honda. So really excited about that. I think that's, um, my best bet at being ready for Anaheim one. Um, I don't have a ride right now, but I feel like if I can stay healthy and stay ready to race that, you know, if a fill in ride does come up, I'm ready to go. I can take off. I can still go to Anaheim one and, and be competitive and fight for a win rather than, you know, coming off the couch and, and having to go fight for podiums. It's, it makes the most sense for me. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I feel like racing is the best thing for me especially since I haven't raced much the last couple of years. Right. So um, I think this is the best way to for me to get ready for the season. Um, obviously, I'm going to be down there racing, but I'm going to also be prepping and getting ready for Anaheim 1 with that being kind of my main goal. Obviously, my main goal is to go down there and win and win, win the championship and, and be yeah. competitive. But Which but, I think you'll uh, be able to. I think you're going to be very competitive in that series. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, I I think I'll be I'll be good. I mean, obviously, I haven't raced really any of those guys before, so I don't know anything about them. I don't know how fast they are yet. I'm coming to their backyard, so I know it's going to be no joke. I think I don't think it's going to be easy by any means, um, but I expect a lot out of myself. And I think, um, you know, when I'm at my best, I I truly believe that I can I can run with and beat 
some of the best guys in the world. So um, just kind of go down there and, and, and focus on being my best and, and trying to kind of put all the pieces of the puzzle together before Anaheim won. So when we show up to Anaheim one or whether it be the East coast, whatever it is, that first race here in America that, you know, I'm ready to win and, and I'm ready to fight for this championship. Cause I feel like, uh, I feel like I can, and I know I'm kind of getting up there in age as far as the lights class goes. And, um, uh, my whole goal, my whole life has been to win a supercross championship. So, um, for me, it's time to time to make it happen or or, or hang the boots up because I, I I've had plenty of opportunity to do it and I just haven't gotten it done yet. So, um, just there's no more excuses really. It's it's time to get to work. Fair enough. So and 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 who needs a good uh, uh excuse to go to Australia? Like I don't know if you've been in the past. I have not been. But it looks like an awesome time. It looks like just like fun-loving people, people who enjoy life. Uh, one of the, one of my biggest fans down there, Jonesy, he'll probably be looking for uh, some some autographs and stuff like that. So and like they just love their motocross guys, and like I think they, they especially love when Americans come. They just like just kind of like this. There's a whole big celebration. It'll be fun for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's uh like I said, it's a good way for me to get ready, but also it's a bit of a vacation and. Uh, a cool experience to go, you know, travel the world and, and see new places. And it's something that my wife and I have always wanted to do is go to Australia. That's kind of on our bucket list. So, yeah. Um, and to go there and actually ride dirt bikes and, and race dirt bikes is, is pretty amazing. So really looking forward to it. Um, it's been a, a lot of work, you know, I haven't, uh, everything kind of came together last minute. Um, so as far as getting ready and stuff, I've been doing all my training that I can, but, I'm actually borrowing a guy's bike right now to ride while I'm here in Texas. I like um, it. And just kind of, yeah, having fun with it, but also putting the work in and, and being the best prepared that I can. So it should be a lot of fun. I think I'm going to be riding with uh, with JB uh, Brayton a lot and uh, training with him. So I think it'll be good to have uh, you know him around and, and kind of learn from him and, and uh, yeah, really get the best out of myself. Does this mean that you're also, for the first time since 2015, a fly racing rider? I am a fly racing rider Ooh, right now. I like yeah. it. Look, look, yeah. Looking good in the fly fly racing. I, I, I like that. What, what number are you going to wear down there? Uh, I'm going to go back to my old school amateur number, 48. Yeah. Okay. 48 okay. back. Why'd you wear 48 no. back then? Um, I'm not really sure. 48. Look at that. It's a just, tight looking number, though. Kinda, I like 48. Yeah, I think uh I don't know. I I just remember like my parents would always ask us what number we wanted to run for District 23 and they just listed off a bunch of numbers and I like 48 the best, I guess. I don't, I don't know. That looks looks sharp on the motorcycles. Some good guys have won for uh 48 in the past. I think Trey won 48 for one year, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and, and you're, you're 40 here next year. That's not, not a, not a, a, a terrible departure from there. Um, so going down to, uh, Australia, are you, are you like sort of like, you're obviously going to go down there, you're trying to, uh, uh, acquire a championship. Um, uh, but are you also like kind of low key hoping that you develop a little bit of that cool accent? Like you just come back on 20 in January and be like, good eye, Mike. And yeah, just like that whole thing. Well, uh, maybe. I don't know about that. I kind of, I've been told I kind of have a Texas accent now, so I mean it could happen. So I don't know. We'll see. 
Well, you, you don't sound like the Martins with their Minnesota accent, who actually sound uh, more Canadian than us. So, yeah, some some words I say it comes out. Which ones? I say, uh, I say, oh, sorry, a lot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> that one comes out a lot, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I, I know, like. I get I I hear it every once in a while. I'll just say something, and then and then I hear the Minnesota come out, and I'm, I just kind of laugh at myself. But my parents, my parents still have the pretty thick Minnesota accent. Fair enough. Probably comes out after a couple of drinks. I bet. Oh, big time. Yeah, especially my dad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like that's uh, like when it, for me, like when if I get around hockey and or two or three beers, like I sound like I'm I'm like straight up strange brew. Like take off hoser <laughs> and like. I, Americans always give me a hard time about sorry because I say like Canadians say sorry, you don't say sorry, and like yeah. so I'm like I, like people like literally Brown Dog Wilson he'll see me and be like oh sorry I'm like get out of here like <laughs> for no reason just like straight up like, yeah oh, sorry sorry eh? yeah how, how, how are you going though they're uh, going out to the hockey game but uh, <laughs> uh, you betcha uh, and yeah. then, actually there's one right there. Um, but uh, when do you head off to uh, Australia? Like, and I'm sure, uh, like you're just gonna be tagging along with Brayton. He's gonna show you all the cool places. He's been down there what three years already? Yeah, something like that. So I uh, I leave next Thursday. Um, nice. And then my wife's gonna come down a couple weeks later. Actually, she's got a couple weddings she's got to be in. So um, no big deal. Yeah, so it it should be fun. I'm I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be a it's definitely gonna be an experience. So. Um, just looking forward to getting down there and getting to work. Really, fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, uh, who's this uh, uh, mystery person you're you're borrowing a, a motorcycle off of? That's uh, 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 that's probably a strange uh, a strange scenario for you. Yeah. So uh, I went back to Merge Racing to do some suspension for me, and he just had a customer uh, who was willing to to loan me a bike. Um, name zane he's from omaha nebraska i think okay and uh yeah just a super cool kid just uh i don't know man he's is really awesome kind of he knows he knows nothing about me really and just uh had a bike and said here you go there's a little bit of motor work done to it not not too much so i'm not riding a completely stock bike but um yeah just kind of putting some time in on some supercross around here and uh just dealing with this heat really it's it's still pretty hot here in texas so um yeah just getting some good riding in yeah no doubt you don't he has like you guys kind of get seasons but not quite really not not certainly not how you do you used to uh growing up where uh like winter was all too real for you uh and that's when you guys would head indoors but uh um like isn't that just so motocross when like a, a guy who doesn't even really know you all that well is has no problem with you putting some time on his uh and this is even a modified uh motorcycle which uh like like it, it, put that in like perspective for other sports like if I break a hockey stick like one of my other buddies that shoots left is kind of a, even still a little bit hesitant like yeah I guess you can shoot, you can use mine for the rest of the game uh and that thing's about about a hundred dollars uh for for a, a, an investment. Um, we're talking about a, a ten thousand dollar motorcycle with some motor work done to it. Oh yeah, just like yeah, I don't know, I don't know you from Adam, <laughs> but uh, yeah, go go rip on it. Um, 
Yeah, like uh, put it through its paces and ride it as much as hard as you're going to. Like number of times that I've loaned out my bikes at the tracks, or like uh, I've I've had to loan people or I had to lo- borrow a bike off of uh, uh, of someone. Uh, in fact, the first time I ever rode a 252 stroke was uh, my I blew up my 125 in the morning. One of the local pros was like, uh, "I was like, well, your day doesn't have to be done. You could ride my class, my bike in the uh, in the uh, the open class." I was like, "Okay, well, I'm 14 and that's a bad idea, but sure." Um, but yeah, like, isn't that so motocross where people just like borrow out like a, a motorcycle of all things? You know, like it seems so. Yeah, uh, mo- that was so. That's more motocross specific. That doesn't happen in any other sport, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely awesome. You know, I mean, it just kind of feels like family at the races, just with everybody, with people you don't even know. So it's, yeah, it's pretty dang cool. No doubt. So. Uh, Mitchell Oldenburg is going to go to Australia. He's going to do some cool things. He's going to probably hold a koala bear at some point. He's going to chase a kangaroo, try to get a cha- himself a championship. He's going to come back, do a two-stroke edit because that's really cool and you should do that. Uh, and then uh, by that, by then it'll be uh, time for Christmas and Anaheim one. Sound good? Yep, sounds great. Two-stroke edit though. What like what are we thinking for the two-stroke edit? I mean. I don't know if I can can go out and buy a bike right now, but if someone's got a two stroke, I'm down to ride it. <laughs> I think John, I think John Short has one. I think he's a, a YZ125. Oh, okay. I'm actually going riding with him tomorrow, so I'll talk to him. There you go. You can we we can tell, like you guys can both talk shit on me and then talk about the two stroke. Uh, yeah, he's got a YZ. He's got a YZ125. I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Uh, like two strokes are just fun. Like do you do you, like. I talked to Bogle, and he's like, "No, I don't like riding two strokes. It's not fun." And I'm like, "Well, then you're not fun." Like, I like I <laughs> I took it personally, to be completely honest. And uh, like, what what are your thoughts on this? Like, I feel like I get like a lot of mixed mixed opinions. I got like Savachi over here telling me that they're that they're not any fun. I got Bogle over here like just being like almost mean about it. Uh, I, I like Shane McElrath got to race basically a full blown factory. Uh, Two, three, three hundred uh, last year in straight rhythm, and he had negative things to say. Please change my mind. Like, please t- tell me that you're more like uh, Colt Nichols, who actually bought a two fifty two stroke. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would go buy one, but ah. I actually got a I got a one fifty from TLD when I was um, riding for them back in sixteen that I took home. Okay, and I rode that for a little bit, and honestly, I was kind of. Well, I mean, my track's sandy, so it wasn't that great because it was. Slow to begin with, and then you yeah, put it in the deep sand, and it's it's even worse. So, yeah, um, I didn't really have much fun on the sand track with it, but our, our clay track up on top of the hill was a lot better. I I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I don't know about riding it every day, but having fun on it and and screwing around, you know, a couple times a month is is awesome. You know, I really enjoy that. But to ride it every day, I just it's it's, it's a little on the slow side for me. <laughs> Fair enough. You just but leave I've, that. To... I've never even rode. But I've never even rode a 252 stroke, so I don't. I don't really know. They're different, honestly. Uh, they hit like a brick shit house. They wear you out better. Like I'd say more than a 250 uh, F does. Like you just like 250 F, you're never in the wrong gear. So like and and 250, you can lug them a little bit for the most part. Like they're they're a pretty like a handful because they 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 kind of like they're tuned the right way. Like they'll, they'll jump out of your hands. But I think uh, yeah. I definitely suggest you. Uh, give that a whirl sometime, but I'm always surprised because, like, obviously, uh, you're a little bit younger than me. Uh, but like, so, and, like, did you race a 125 at any point? Like, did you like, like, that was like the the bike choice for a little bit before you went to 450, 
four strokes, or was it like literally super yeah. minis and then big uh, big bikes? No, no, I raced uh, Yamaha 125s and okay. Suzuki DS in 2010. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I lo- I loved my Yamaha 125. Uh, actually, my first 125 was a Honda, and that thing was well, it was slow. Two years old. It was two years old, and it was my brother's. So it was it was pretty roached out to begin with, and then it's a Honda on top of that, so it was really slow. Yeah. But um, my Yamaha 125s are really good. I really enjoyed them. So. Oh yeah, like I, uh, I've only had the pleasure to ride one YZ 125, but like the thing was just so easy to ride. Like, uh, like, like obviously 125s was like light light switch power, but it was just like. Uh, didn't wear me out whatsoever, but I uh, had enough uh, jam to get over some of the, the the bigger jumps. Even with me at 195 pounds, which uh, is is way de- way too heavy for for a bike that small. But either way, I make it happen. Uh, I personally have a KX125 04 edition. Looks like uh, got, got like the Chevy trucks kit on there. Uh, throwback to Bubba and whatnot. You know, I gotta uh, throw some love for uh, the Cowie boys. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, like, obviously, you're, you're, uh, full focused on riding with, uh, with, uh, John Short tomorrow. That guy, like, okay, side note. Is, was John Short's summer not, like, one of the most, most impressive summers that, uh, like a privateer's had in a long time? Like, basically, two full-blown TPJ, uh, flying into each race. Uh, I think two or three different times he texted me to see if I was going to a race, to see if I could mechanic for him. Uh, and the guy's just knocking down top tens, uh, top ten overalls, podium, like, the, the top tens in motos. Like, that, that, like, hats off to that guy. Yeah, no, for sure. I've always, I've known John for, for a really long time now. Yeah. And I've always said he's probably the hardest working kid I've, I've ever known. You know, I, I remember just, I mean, him on, on 125s and, and as a B rider, you know, going to school in the morning or, training in the morning then going to school and then going riding after school and just you know doing everything he could to make it happen was was pretty incredible and i mean to to have the summer that he did is is unbelievable it's kind of kind of crazy if, if people knew his story i think he he would uh definitely get a lot more support and people would definitely respect him a lot more i mean i know i do so um john's john's just a good kid i really like hanging out with him like I said, he he works his butt off. For sure, like, I feel like almost sometimes he's one of those guys that like he does all these awesome things. He like gets really like legit um, results and be so humble about it. He's just such a like he's just such a John Short nice kind of guy that if anybody else got those results, they'd be screaming him from the mountaintops and you'd you'd be uh, like you'd be unfollowing them on Instagram about it. Um, but with <laughs> John, he's just sort of like yep, yeah, like eight eight on the day, super pumped. Thanks to my sponsors. And, uh, like, you know what I mean? He almost gets, like, overlooked because of that, because he, he's not the, he's not a peacock, you know? He doesn't, he doesn't, like, uh, shake his feathers when it comes to, uh, doing, making something special happen. So, uh, maybe give him a, sh- give him shit about that tomorrow. Be like, be more, um, John, not John Shorty about it. Be like John Cocky about it. And, and <laughs> let everybody know about it. There we go. I'll and go. let me ride your 125. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Well, um, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Uh, I really hope that uh, things work out for you as far as uh, Australia goes, as well as your uh, the two-stroke edit we planned this afternoon, um, and then uh, rolling into Anaheim 1, that uh, you are uh, all systems go, uh, whether it be a, uh, a full uh, a, 
a full factory ride is offered to you, or uh, you're you're able to uh, uh, scoop up one of the the most likely, and unfortunately, is the reality of the sport that there's a lot of fill-in rides and stuff like that. Either way, I hope something falls your way, and uh, Anaheim won, uh, or the first round of East Coast. We see you uh, ripping ready to go for Supercross. Yep, absolutely. I appreciate it. Fair enough, my friend. Well, uh, um, wish you the best of luck in Australia. I hope that you'll uh, you'll take my call when you return back stateside, so we can talk all about it. Sound good? Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, uh, really appreciate the time. Do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're gonna cut it off right there. Sweet. <laughs>